0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts. So, you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the FMIA Mini Pod. That's Football Morning in America Mini Podcast. I'm Peter King, recording from my apartment in Brooklyn. It's about 4.05 a.m. on Monday. A lot to get through. And I thought that I would add just a little wrinkle this week, uh, as well as talking about each game and talking about a preview of my column. I thought I would add an element to sort of explain how it is that I do my job, particularly in the weeks that I am at home uh, trying to make some phone calls and getting people on the phone during, uh, you know, especially the post-1 o'clock game windows. Um, I tend to get really tied up with the other games. But if there's a mega game going on, I'll always try to get somebody from those games too. Um, So after the first games today, I'm just going to play you a couple of bites. Um, Just quick previews or quick... uh, uh, Snippets from my conversations. I had three conversations post-game. I had Jarvis Landry of the Cleveland Browns after the Browns' uh, late victory over Buffalo. Bruce Arians, uh, the coach of Tampa Bay. And Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to play a couple of bites here from, uh, from Jarvis Landry and Arians just to sort of give you a, a, a feel of how I try to do my job after uh, after these games. Maybe I'll continue this in the future. Maybe I won't, but I wanted to try it once and see uh, how it worked. So I, I, I first got Jarvis Landry, and we started talking about, you know, obviously the elephant in the room. You know, what's it like to be 3-6 and six right now even after this big win this week? So listen to Landry. What has it been like to be around Cleveland in the last week?
1: Um, you know, it's uh it's a city that thrives on their sports, obviously football and we haven't been doing well. You know, um I think this today, you know, gives them gives them keeps the hope alive and obviously continues to put the energy in their spirit because I mean they were they were in the stadium tonight and they had it loud as possible. They had it loud as possible. They definitely played a part in this win as well.
0: What is it like for you now when you look at... You probably don't look at it week by week, but you're 3-6. and six. Are you guys still in it?
1: Of course. Of course. we still in it until they tell us we ain't.
0: <laughs> and do you really believe, as you told me in training camp, that you're going to be a really good team?
1: I do. I do. We've been just trying to tap into... Tap into, you know, our potential. You know, and I know that 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 gets said and thrown in the air. But if you really look at, you know, the the guys that we have and the abilities, and you add Kareem Hunt back today, and the things that we can do as an offense, as a team, you know, our defense plays solid, our special teams play solid. As an offense, really, we've struggled throughout this this year. That hasn't allowed us to be successful. You know, and I think the sooner we can get it together and take this momentum that we, we built off tonight um, and, and just make it simple. We don't have to trick teams. We don't have to, you know, disguise things. We got guys that are better than their guys, and we just have to continue to believe in that and go out there and do it.
0: I was a little bit more specific with Bruce Arians. I wanted to know how the Jameis Winston uh, story stood right now uh, and and how he's played and – whether this organization right now has seen enough to commit to Jameis Winston for 2020 and beyond.
1: Just two weeks in a row, he's taken us down the field to win or tie the game in in the last two minutes. And uh, that's the maturity of a quarterback you're looking for in the NFL.
0: Bruce, do you feel pretty sure that he is going to be the Bucs quarterback of the future? This is a crucial year for him.
1: I would say if he plays like he has the last two weeks, uh, the rest of the season, I would say it, it, uh, there's a really good chance.
0: So that gives you a little feeling of, uh, a little feel for what I try to do after games. Sometimes it's profitable, sometimes not. Uh, but it's good to be in touch with people who are making the news around the league uh, after they step off the field. Anyway, this week I led my column with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, I'm going to read you uh, most of the uh, first part of my column and then sort of describe what else we have, and then we'll go game by game. So here we go. The 2019 Pittsburgh Steelers are why, in the NFL, it's never over till it's over. A month ago today, they were in final prep mode for a game in California, against the Chargers. They were 1-4, floundering without the injured Ben Roethlisberger and the departed Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Their starting quarterback that week, Devlin Hodges, was the 2018 Alabama State duck-calling champion, and he would be making his first-ever NFL appearance. Their 4-0 and since, of course, they beat the NFC's 2018 Super Bowl representative on Sunday. Roethlisberger, an IR with an elbow injury, is trying to make himself useful on the sidelines during games. Bell is averaging 3.1 yards per carry, a lost but rich sheep in New Jersey with the Jets. Brown, a serial miscreant, is probably out for the season after being accused Of sexual assault and charged with it by a Florida woman. But the Steelers, well, they just go on like metronomes. They even trade now, did you hear? They added a long term and desperately needed middle linebacker in the draft and Troy Palomalo 2.0 in a rich deal in September. Devin Bush and Minka Fitzpatrick have remade this defense. Our defense is playing like the 85 Bears, quarterback Mason Rudolph told me Sunday night. Or maybe the 76 Steelers. If the playoffs started today, Pittsburgh would be the AFC's sixth seed. A charming wildcard team. Now don't chortle about the playoffs. Pittsburgh's next six foes are a combined 17-37 and one. You think they won't be in the playoff hunt with Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Arizona, Buffalo and the Jets on the horizon between now and Christmas? It's a new world in Pittsburgh, a totally unexpected one. The Steelers are 5 and 4, the same record as the Rams, Eagles, Cowboys and Raiders. One big difference. The Rams, Eagles, Cowboys and Raiders have had their franchise quarterbacks playing all season. Crazy NFL World. What a weekend! Started with the overly smitten Raider crowd in the most impressive display of home field love all weekend, carrying Oakland to a win over the snake-bitten, but not leaving, Chargers. It continued Sunday with one of the one of the weirdest rushing lines by a superstar in NFL history and Lamar Jackson taking breath away. And the weekend will end tonight with one of the most compelling matchups on Monday night in years between the combined 15-2 Seahawks and Niners. There's more from Week 10. Matt Moore of the Chiefs beat the Vikings. Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs lost to the Titans. The Dolphins look to be on the way to losing the Joe Burrow Bowl. Heavy odds on the 0-9 Bengals earning the first draft pick. And they're not a big trading team, so they'll probably use it. Adam Vinatieri, walk-in Hall of Famer, is killing the Colts. The Browns, off-life support for a week, are still in guarded condition. Dallas 5 and 4 leads Philadelphia 5 and 4 by tiebreaker only in the NFC East and I don't see the Cowboys keeping that lead. The Rams are 5 and 5 since Super Bowl Sunday and Jared Goff is off in a big way. They're not imposing on offense anymore. Inexplic- inexplicably, the Falcons held the Saints without a touchdown in New Orleans. Oh, and in the Battle of Louisiana, here's the final score. LSU 46, Saints 9. Have I mentioned the Steelers with their 17-12 win over the Rams? Now, Pittsburgh has such a deep defense. Two legitimate Defensive Player of the Year candidates in Minka Fitzpatrick, five interceptions, two touchdowns, and pass rusher T.J. Watt, 9.5 sacks. Their guys come at you in waves. Goff singled out Joe Hayden with his five pass breakups and one interception. But he could have mentioned Cam Hayward, Mark Barron, Terrell Edmonds. The Rams' leading wideout, Cooper Cup, came into Heinz Field Sunday with 58 catches. He left with 58 catches and probably a few welts. This Steelers team is like a lot of the old ones, carried by the defense, while the offense tries to catch up. It's a bit like Roethlisberger's rookie year, 2004, when the defense held 12 of 16 foes to 21 points or less, while seven times they scored less than three touchdowns. Or like the Coward days, said former Steelers quarterback Charlie Batch, now a Steeler analyst to local media. We spoke Sunday night. I think until Mason makes that jump, this is the way they're going to play, relying on their defense. Since they made that trade for Minka, they're playing low-scoring games, and I think they're comfortable with that style. It works for them. But, I asked Batch, will Rudolph make that jump? I think so, he said, but not till they solve their running back issues. They've got to get healthy at running back. James Conner, shoulder, missed the Rams game, and it'll be a challenge for him to be ready for Thursday night in Cleveland. Rudolph's been adequate, a 65% passer with a 93.0 rating, but only 6.6 yards attempt, per attempt rather. That's not good. He sounded chagrined when we spoke perhaps feeling he's not holding up his end of the deal, but honored to be the quarterback for a place that loves football so much. Honestly, this is all so new for me, said Rudolph, a third-round pick from Oklahoma State in 2018. In the Big 12, we played shootouts every week. Here, it's a totally different feel. We're without our Hall of Fame quarterback, and I'm trying to be the best I can be. I think I'm developing every week, and... Offensive coordinator Randy Feekner is doing a good job of correcting my mistakes. Obviously, it's great to be playing with a defense that produces points every week. It's got to be a heavy load playing quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a place where the team is so interconnected with the psyche of the region. As late owner Dan Rooney once told me, you can walk down the street in Pittsburgh on a fall Monday morning and right away be able to tell if we won the game on Sunday. The people's faces will tell you. It's got to be hard, too, when Brown and Bell are gone, and Jalen Samuels and Deontay Johnson are trying to get up to speed to replace them. Fast. The standard is the standard, Rudolph said from Pittsburgh. The standard of excellence and greatness I understand and I don't take lightly. I'm motivated to uphold that standard. People live and die for the Steelers here. I want to make the legends proud. Around Pittsburgh, the legends have always been okay with defensive greatness ruling the Steelers. This is the first year in a while that seems destined for the defense to carry the team into important January games. Following that, I go over a few more uh, storylines from the week, Rams are in trouble, the Chiefs might be, Cleveland lives. I go over the future of Cam Newton. I was really, really impressed with Kyle Allen playing in the snow at Lambeau Field. A southern kid, a western kid, really. He grew up in Arizona, uh, has never really played much in weather like this, and a swirling snowstorm in Green Bay. Uh, Very, very impressed with him. And I also say, you know, we'll see about Cam Newton, but I think with the prospect of being able to save $19 million on the salary cap, especially when the team uh, can probably use that money uh, to sign Christian McCaffrey long-term, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's just an absolute gut feeling right now. I think they move on from Cam Newton. Um, I have an interesting section in the column this week. Fifty years ago this year, James Harris became the first African-American to open a professional football season as the starting quarterback for a team. He won the starting job for the Buffalo Bills in training camp, and he reminisces about that a bit, but I really wanted to get him talking about uh, about the status of you know, the black quarterback today. And, you know, he was very, very frank and very interesting because my point was, you know, how interesting is it right now that probably the top three candidates, or at least three of the top four along with McCaffrey, uh, the top three candidates for MVP are all black quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. So I think... Uh, you know, it it requires some historical perspective. And the most interesting thing I thought that James Harris told me is that when I asked him about, you know, maybe the three most valuable players in the league, all being quarterbacks, all being black, he said, it proves only one thing, that it's always been about opportunity. Uh, uh, players of the week, Mitchell Trubisky will be very happy. He's one of my Offensive Players of the Week. Uh, Defensive Players of the Week, I picked five of them. A lot of really good performances. Eric Harris, the safety for Oakland on Thursday, uh, was one of them. Minka Fitzpatrick, Jamal Adams of the Jets today. My Coach of the Week, Brian Flores of the Dolphins. I'm not sure that everybody from the owner on down is excited about the Dolphins winning two games in eight days, but I can tell you Brian Flores is. My um, Goats of the Week, I picked the Kansas City field goal unit. Uh, you, you, I'm sure you saw some of that. And uh, Adam Vinatieri um, pains me to do this. this. is probably the third time all year. But we are in now. They have played nine games, and Adam Vinatieri has missed 11 kicks. And as I write, Adam Vinatieri has missed 11 kicks in a full season only one time, and that's his rookie year, 1996, 23 years ago. So I think it's going to get to the point where Indianapolis is probably unfortunately going to have to move on from him. I don't know when that will be, uh, but I don't imagine he's got much, more, much longer uh, to play there. If he continues to miss kicks at this rate, so let's uh, go into uh, game by game around the NFL. We're going to start with Tennessee uh, over Kansas City. Um, I, I think that one of the really big things in this game, and I feel bad I didn't really recognize them recognize them in this uh, in my column, but Derrick Henry in rushing for. 188 yards, and the Titans in decimating the Kansas City run defense, uh, 8.7 yards a carry, uh, that is, you know, I think that's going to be just so debilitating for Kansas City. And if they don't find a way to stop that, they'll be an early out in the playoffs. You can't win every game 45 to 40. You can win those once in a while, but you can't play those every week. Um, the uh, Falcons over the Saints. I was so impressed with Atlanta, and I didn't watch a lot of it. I watched um, Red Zone during the day on Sunday, uh, but they just swarmed Drew Brees the whole game. One of my defensive players of the week is Grady Jarrett. Had two and a half sacks. Uh, I think he's. I think he was absolutely terrific. I wouldn't be that worried about. The Saints. I certainly wouldn't think about doing anything drastic. I mean, look, the Packers lost um, at the Chargers, and it was embarrassing. And they come back this week and play an impressive game. So I, I, I just think it's it's a game. That's that's all. That's all it is right now. Uh, Bucks over Arizona, thirty to twenty-seven. Look, my headline out of this game, and again, good for. Tampa Bay to win the game but I will just say that Kyler Murray was damn impressive in this game he he was confident he wasn't running to run he was running to get in position to try to throw the ball Uh, and he did have a few runs that were very impressive but this was a highly highly impressive performance by Kyler Murray and just think about Murray right now. Just, just think about him for a second. Uh, he, he won three in a row, Cincinnati, Atlanta, and the Giants. And then he lost narrowly uh, to New Orleans. They played well. They lost a three-point game in San Francisco. And then they lost at Tampa today, uh, Sunday rather. So I'd be very encouraged about Kyler Murray, like very encouraged. Bears over Detroit, 20-13. to Look, um, I think this was a case where, uh, obviously, the quarterback for the Lions, Matthew Stafford, um, has a back injury. And uh, uh, so without Matthew Stafford, it was going to be next to impossible for them to win. Now, they did lead 6-0 early. One of the things that I noted is that You know, for some reason, and I think it was just because, as he said, after the game we needed a spark, Matt Nagy, the coach of the Bears, wanted to show some confidence. He's the only one in the building who's got any left in Mitchell Trubisky. But he lets them go for it on fourth and one. They make it, um, you know, late in the first half. They make it, and then they go on to score. And then they score in their first two drives of the second half too. So – that was probably a good idea going for it on fourth and one. I write a chunk uh, analytically about that in the column. Um, next game uh, Baltimore over Cincinnati. Look, the Bengals, I think, are, are major, major favorites to have the first pick in the draft. Uh, I, I don't know how they can win more than one game. I, I don't, I mean, of course they can. Anybody can win. But. They just looked absolutely terrible. Their linebackers are horrible, and they can't cover. Uh, They don't really give uh, much presence behind the defensive line. And, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson was superb. He had one of the best runs of the year. John Harbaugh said after the game they'll be talking about it for decades, and they just might be. Um, Cleveland over Buffalo, nineteen sixteen. I think um, Cleveland's uh goal line offense which is so horrible or <laughs> has been horrible um you know luckily you know the Browns on their 82 yard drive that that end up uh ended up winning them the game I think that they relied on Baker Mayfield's arm and look I, I think it was a it was a good debut for uh the um, uh, Kareem Hunt, the new running back of of the of the Browns, who came over obviously after getting fired by the Chiefs, and the Browns are a good running team. But I'll tell you one thing: they are not good uh, on the goal line. They just their offensive line needs major surgery. But they live to fight another day. Um, okay. Uh, jets over the Giants. You know, I think probably the most, other than the the run by um, Lamar Jackson, the most interesting play of the weekend I thought was uh, Jamal Adams stealing the ball from from uh, Daniel Jones, the Giants' quarterback, and and running it back twenty five yards for a touchdown. It was really, really a a great individual play. Look. Um, John Mara, the uh, the Giants owner, walked out with visibly angry. Walked out of uh, MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands on Sunday. Um, I don't. I don't know. The Giants are really regressing in a lot of ways. You see Daniel Jones playing well. He threw four touchdown passes on Sunday, but um, the Giants are too much of a laughing stock. For the ownership to take this, um, today's probably the first day that I thought that there's a decent chance that Pat Shermer could get fired at the end of the year. Um, Miami over Indianapolis, sixteen to twelve. And you know, we talked about Brian Flores. Good for him. Um, and uh, uh, I think the one thing about the Colts is that. I think the Jacoby Brissett injury has really, really hurt them. Uh, they've lost a couple of games that, with Brissett, I think they probably would have won. So uh, they could be in trouble now of missing out on the playoffs because of that injury to Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Steelers over the Rams, you heard about that. I think the Rams are in big trouble. Uh, Jared Goff, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, 5-4 and four this year. Uh, And Goff, just, he doesn't have the protection that he had, and he doesn't have the production certainly that he had. Packers over the Panthers, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, Kyle Allen, really impressed with him. And, uh, you know, I said in my column last week that uh, I think it's so interesting to watch Aaron Jones just come out of nowhere in the fifth round of 2017 and, and now he is turning into a dominant back in the NFL, and he certainly was on Sunday. Um, Our last game, uh, Minnesota over Dallas, 28-24. Boy, I'll tell you what, most impressive running back on that field on Sunday night was Dalvin Cook, not Ezekiel Elliott. Um, And I think the defensive front of Minnesota – prove that even against a strong offensive line like Dallas they're going to be able to make some hay and do some really good things I was really impressed with what the Vikings did Uh, I didn't write about them in my column I'm so long this week Um, but anyway uh, hopefully I'll get to uh, the Vikings in the coming couple of weeks and now for my ado haiku Niners last perfect team standing, could at Dangerous be their kryptonite? Now, this is one you almost have to see because Russell Wilson's um, uh, Twitter handle is at D-A-N-G-E-R-U-S-S, at Dangerous. Anyway... A little bit of fun with that one. So anyway, that's my column for the week. Uh, Hope you enjoy it. Look forward to uh, uh, you checking out my column, Football Morning in America. It's up at NBCSports.com and at ProFootballTalk.com. This week on my podcast on Wednesday, I'm planning uh, to get Brent Musburger, my old buddy uh, from ABC Sports, Back in the day, really 24 years ago, I worked with them on the halftime show on Monday Night Football. Um, Brent Musburger will be my guest. And Mike Tannenbaum, the former uh, general manager of the New York Jets and executive with several teams around the league, most recently the Miami Dolphins. So tune in Wednesday. And uh, my thanks to – Really, my thanks to people at NBC for working so hard to make this mini-pod uh, happen. Uh, thanks in particular to Matt Casey, uh, who's done a tremendous job in, in helping me uh, uh, and facilitate this very early Monday uh, morning podcast. Have a great week, everybody.